Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. Twice a month, we'll meet an amazing executive who'll share a story about her career and give us some great insight into her success. So if you are pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe. Survival is essential. Success is great. But what does it mean to thrive? We've compiled the most popular and compelling advice from our guests and created a Thrive Guide with a workbook on leadership skills such as clarifying your vision and growing your influence. You can grab it at christinedelano.com. To find out more about our show and our guests, I invite you to follow me on Instagram. All these links will be in the show notes. So put aside that massive to-do list and let's get inspired. In this episode, we are talking to Christine Berg about career choices. How do you make smart choices that you can be proud of and that lead to positive outcomes? Christine Berg is a managing director and head of Client Coverage Americas for MSCI. She is responsible for overseeing MSCI's sales in the region. Christine also leads the Index Client Coverage Team and is a member of the Executive Committee. Christine has served as one of the global heads of MSCI's Women Leadership Forum since its inception. Before joining MSCI in 2008, Christine worked for Thomson Reuters for 11 years, where she managed teams and analytical services and capital markets intelligence. In addition to holding her CFA, Christine received her BS in finance and an MBA from St. John's University. Christine is a proud Italian, born and raised in Long Island, New York, still lives there with her husband of nearly 22 years. They have a 17-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son. Christine enjoys running and baking, even starting her own company, Sweet Treats by Christine, at one point, which I could actually name as Sweet Treats by Christine as well. <laughs> a woman of many talents. Um, welcome, Christine Berg, to We Talk Careers podcast. Thank you so much, Christine. I'm so excited to be here. And I am incredibly inspired by what you have uh, been able to accomplish with this program, with this podcast. Each and every session I have thoroughly enjoyed. And I'm so happy um, that I'm finally able to sit down with you and spend some time together um, outside of just our normal conversations, which I cherish. I agree. I agree. And well, you were co-president when I brought this idea to the board, and I so appreciate your support. Um, it's really just been a joy to me to do it. A lot of work, but uh, a real joy to to host this podcast and get to know so many amazing women in this industry. So today we're talking about making wise choices in our career and in our life. And as I think about it, I think about how do we take ownership as we also use our own experiences and our knowledge in making impactful choices? And then how do we recover fast if we get it wrong? So Christine, can you tell us about a time you made a difficult decision and how the outcome affected you and the others around you? Absolutely. Happy to. Well, one great example it was about a decade ago, or a little bit more than a decade ago at this point, I was leading a really large team, client relationship, business development team at the company. 
And shifts were taking place. Some of our clients, uh, the market focus on ETFs was rapidly evolving. It it continues to. It it was an exciting time. And myself, as well as a number of senior colleagues, we, we started to assess the situation and map out a plan on how we wanted to expand, to help our clients, to grow our business. And that plan, as we started to really flesh it out, involved a really big choice for me. It was a choice about whether I should step away from leading a very large team and start a team of one. Mm. (laughs) That was a pretty big deal. So I spent a lot of time thinking it through, but as time went on, I only became more excited. I had to shake off concerns, right? Like the pit of my stomach concerns about walking away from managing a really large team. All too often we've seen or we're told or taught that, you know, having a big team could lead to more success. So I really had to think about that and shake off any concerns that stepping back from a big team would set back my career. So instead, I focused on the impact that I could have, my instinct, and I knew that if I was right and we were right at the company, that I would end up building a new team. So I wouldn't be a team of one for very long. So I made that choice and I walked away from that really large responsibility. Wow. And so do you remember the first moment where you started to realize that this other choice was out there for you? I mean, do you remember being excited or being a little bit like apprehensive about it? Like, take us there a bit. Yeah. So as we we started to realize or started to talk more about it, and, and I spent time talking, you know, with my my family and colleagues and mentors about it, I realized that it was actually an opportunity to accelerate my career not a setback. And I did feel empowered. I had so much senior support around me. I saw that it wasn't just a risk for me. It was a risk for them as well. But we decided to bet on the opportunity. And, you know, that's the choice that we made. And I think also part of that choice was deliberate in that it created or I knew I would be creating opportunities for others. So members of that very large team, there were several of them ready to take on more. You know, they had worked hard. They were smart, incredible individuals. And so my choice was not just about me and the company and what we could do, but it was also about creating opportunities for others. And I think once I realized that, it was hard to walk away from that. Right, right. Because uh, it, it becomes not just about you and your opportunity, but it also becomes about giving opportunity to others. Um, so one of the things that you said there that I think is so important is how much support you had in senior leadership and probably other colleagues. So tell us a little bit about that. You had already built some sort of structure around you and a good network around you to, to help you with that decision. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I consider myself So fortunate, not just the network and sponsors around me within my organizations that I've been a part of, but also the networks that we create, such as our Mm -hmm. Women in ETF network. And it is, it's, it's, they're so important. And 
when making any difficult choice, whether it's about a career or even a personal choice, I try to remind myself, you know, who is it that I'm talking to about this or um, brainstorming with or bouncing ideas. So when making a choice, when you're really excited about it, you might go to a certain group of colleagues or friends or family members. Um, But then at other times, you know, there might be a choice that you feel you have to make and maybe you don't really want to. And so you'll go seek feedback and guidance from those who you think are most likely to talk you out of it. And you're doing that in in kind of a self-serving way. So I think it's really important to think about that as you make any choice in who you're talking to, who you go to, and who is supporting you in that process. Because yeah, you have to be honest with yourself like about what you really want and who you go to is a direct reflection, right? On what answer you're hoping to hear. So at the company, you know, that's who I surrounded myself by. I surrounded myself um, by individuals who I knew were just as excited about it. And they wanted to see us transform and make a move and really help serve the clients. And so by surrounding myself by those individuals, around those individuals, um, I think that really helped. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. So often the follow-up question, which I will ask of you, is to define career choices. And I think it's it's kind of funny when you think about it, because I think even like a three-year-old gets the idea of what is a choice? You know, do I want the chocolate chip cookie? Do I want the snickerdoodle? <laughs> you know, like in the end, choice is just, you know, a decision between options. But I think it's a lot more nuanced than that when you get to defining a career choice. So tell us a little bit about what you mean when you think about career choices. Absolutely, Christine. So the first thing, of course, when we're thinking about our choices is to really understand, do we know what we're actually trying to do? (laughs) So in other words, what is the situation at hand? What is the choice we're trying to make? Every one of our choices leads to an outcome, leads to a path, to more choices. And having a strategy is really important, but not a strategy that results in paralysis by analysis. That's definitely something to avoid because it could result in you losing an opportunity because of time. You you don't make a choice fast enough um, or move on something Um, before another does. So it's definitely, you know, it's not easy to choose. Not only do we have to choose, but then we have to own our choices. And so being deliberate about them. And what does that mean? Or how do I think about being deliberate about your choices? It is not just about yourself and how it might impact you you in your career or outside of your career, but how does it impact your family? especially now, right? That is like a critical question um, that so many are facing because we're living in a different environment. So how does it impact you? How does it impact your family? How does it impact those around you? Not just those you're creating an opportunity for potentially, but those who may want the same thing that you do. So how does it impact them? And how do you treat those individuals around you at the same time. 
So when you're very deliberate and you take all of these things into consideration, a full view of what your choice results in. And I think that's empowering. You come to a point where you know what you want to do, you know what it means to you and to others and how it can translate. So you know, framing the situation, considering all of your options, again, connecting with your network, but being honest with yourself about who you're, you're reaching out to, whether you're looking for someone, you know, to say, yeah, absolutely. Or to have you question the decision and then know your risks. So, you know, that's part of understanding the impact and the outcome, know the risks. Are you comfortable with them? What if your choice doesn't pan out to be what it could be, or you think it may be, what are those risks and ensure that you're at peace with them? Well, Christine, that's excellent. Thank you for getting practical with us. So if I can kind of feed back to you what you just said. So the first is with the framing of the choice that you have in front of you, you know, we're considering the options you're looking for diversification in your network so that you don't just are in an echo chamber of the choice that you want to make, right? You're looking for those diverse voices and those different mindsets that may be presented to you. You need to know your risks. What else do you have for us in terms of a practical kind of step-by-step approach to advice giving? So for me, I have found it helpful to put pen to paper, I'm a little old fashioned in that way. Maybe I use, maybe I type nowadays. So one, what is the actual question or what choice am I trying to make? Two, what is my time frame? Three, what are my options? And what are some of the outside the box options? And you may have to go to a network for that. Next, I usually talk to my husband. <laughs> And then after that, I seek feedback. And there's, again, those categories. My more personal network, which includes my women in ETFs network. Mm. And then my colleagues at the office, for example. So I get the feedback from them. I love those steps. I feel like I, I do very similar in terms of writing things down and seeking feedback. I made a choice recently that I'm not happy with. And I think it is because I didn't do the due diligence on the research side of it. So as you know, and, and others now know, with listening to this podcast, I'm a writer and I've focused so much on getting into novel writing. So, you know, I've been focusing on the craft of characterization, you know, really working on tension and plot, you know, how to get really good at dialogue. And, you know, I love that piece of it. I just get entrenched in it. You know, mm. I, I can see the story playing out. I love twists. I love, you know, sort of psychological manipulations by people. And, you know, I love really interesting characters. That's all great. But in order to get this novel into the world, you know, I got to make connections with publishers. And that's not at all a network that I have or, or that I have built or that I even know how to build. And I had this moment, well, a few moments of feeling insecure about, you know, is there even a place for this novel in the world? You know, I'm enjoying it. I know my friends and family will probably enjoy it, but is there a place? And during the moment that I was sort of really questioning myself, you know, someone put in front of me a, hey, you know, we've got the solution to this publishing problem. And, you know, we can, we can help you do this and that. And I jumped 
You know, like I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yes, here, let's get started. You know, I subscribe to the service. I can do this and put my money, put my faith in this. And right away I was like, oh, right. Where's my due diligence? You know, like who are their current customers? Where are their client success stories? What is the actual steps they're going to take? And so I am actually in the throes right now of trying to decide, you know, after I've now done the research, after I've already made my choice is, you know, how do I gracefully, you know, scrape back (laughs) from that choice? And so I feel like my lesson learned there was exactly what you talked about, where, you know, you're doing the due diligence, you're writing these things down, you're getting feedback from network, from clients, from other people that have gone down the road or worked with whatever service or product or or solution that you're considering. And the ramifications can be real if you skip one of these steps because you get emotionally invested in a choice. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a that's a great example. And I really appreciated you sharing that story. It helps me know that um, I'm not alone. <laughs> that, you know, dis, right, despite um, making choices and that, you know, put us both where we are today and um, any leader, uh, right, in a position of strength, it doesn't mean these choices get easier. But we have a process. And it doesn't mean you can't go outside, right? You can you can scribble outside the lines now and again, but there's a reason, right? And um, so following that as often as you can, it does make a difference. You know, it's it's interesting. Just a week or so ago, and this is a silly example, but one I'll share is that I was in the middle of an internal discussion, and. I just made this choice to go down a path of like micromanagement. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know, about 10 minutes in, I just stopped and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I doing this in this particular situation? What is driving it? Let me stop. And so I halted midway and I said, I'm sorry that, I made the choice to go down that path. Let me explain why I think I did that. And then let's get out of it. Like, Mm. let me turn it back to you. So it is an entirely different example, but it was a choice I made in that moment. And maybe it didn't involve this whole methodical process of a much larger choice. But I think the point is, is that any choice has implications and you have to be mindful of them at all times, um, especially in a, in a professional setting. Right. And in, in both our cases, I think there's a, a real convergence of the issue of emotional investment, right? You know, we, we probably got, you know, in my case, it was emotional about like, can I do this? And, and sort of lacking the confidence in those moments of, can I do this? And for you, it was probably, you got some stakes, you got some big stakes in, in your corporate position to assure that things go off well. And sometimes that can result in, okay, now I've got to sort of like batten down the hatches and micromanage everyone around me to assure that we're getting, you know, to a good place. And so, So being able to step outside ourselves, knowing ourselves, feeling confident in our teams, in our own skills, in the skills of those around us, help us to be able to 
as I like to put it, fail fast, right? Like we recognize pretty quickly that the choice that we have made is not the path that's going to lead to a, you know, a better impact for ourselves or others. So therefore we need to sort of quickly, in your case, you know, apologize. In my case, try to extract myself from a, you know, an agreement that I've put in place. You know, in each case, it's really understanding how do we not live too long with choices that we know are not going to be effective for us in our career, or as you said, so wisely for our family as well. You know, look, not every choice that we may make will pan out. And so quickly shifting, okay, so what's my next choice? How do I get out of this prior choice? Right. I'll put myself back on a path or my business back on the path that it, that it needs to be. But the, the confidence is a big aspect of all of this. I remember this is um, when I had my first daughter many, many years ago. And, you know, I was getting ready to return from maternity leave. And I was in a bit of a predicament because I had to arrange for someone to take care of my infant a couple of days a week. And they had to do it within my home which meant someone needed to be home. Now, this is nearly two decades ago. And two decades ago, (laughs) there was no such thing as working from home um, or the world we live in today. It was very rare. And so I just had to have the confidence that after all the years I had put in with, with my employer, that they valued me. And I decided to march in and say, look, I'm in this situation for the next few months. I'm going to need to work from home in my home office two days a week for the next few months. How do you feel about that? And it was scary. I had invested so many years and built up a career. And what if they said no and Mm -hmm. and said, I'm sorry, we can't accommodate. Again, that was a very different time. I marched in, I made the request. And they didn't flinch, Christine. Mm. They said, okay, right. let's make sure you're set up. But it was probably one of the scariest things I had to do in my career because I, I didn't yet have the confidence that everyone else saw or believed in my capabilities going forward that I could do grander things and why, you know, this little tiny ask in the grand scheme of things was not a big deal. And so um, I'm glad I did it. It really allowed me to experience working from home, you know, a couple decades before most people. And then, you know, an interesting part of all of that is it was so successful after a few months that they let me keep doing it. Mm. Yes. Well, and and what I I love about that story is where you were saying that you had invested in your career and it really it brought me back to episode 5 we talked to Sue Thompson about your brand and the very first step that she has for developing your personal brand that comes with you and really tells others who you are and how you're going to show up on your job is to work hard at what you do. You know, develop a competence in the area. And you had obviously done that 
before you asked for a concession that to them may be concerning in your ability to do your job, right? You had done the work. You had built your brand as something that they did not want to risk losing. And so therefore was they were very quick, you know, to come to an agreement with you on on what needed to happen. And I think sometimes we we jump over that, you know, we we don't put in the work that's necessary in order for others to be able to respond so positively. So I think just such a great reminder. And for those listeners that, you know, want to jump back to that may have missed Sue's discussion on personal brand, it's episode five, and it's great. And I'll put that in the show notes. But thank you so much, Christine, for sort of reminding us of, of that piece as well. So kind of taking us back a bit, you know, that was, I think your daughter's 17. So what, you know, almost 20 years ago. What do you wish you had been able to tell yourself starting out in your career? What do you wish you had known about making career choices back then? Yeah, that's a great, absolutely great question. And by the way, I loved Sue's episode. (laughs) um, There were a lot of takeaways, so I appreciated that. One of the things that I have learned or wish maybe, um, that I put into practice or or understood better was that it is okay to make a choice that will just shock others. (laughs) As long as you're thoughtful about it, you know why you're doing it, gone through a process and you're willing to take the risks, right? You can be at peace with those risks. It is okay to do that. And, um, another, a story from earlier on in my career, I was about to make a transition into a new role and I was starting to question it. And so I went back and I let them know that I was no longer interested and they were floored. They ended up redesigning and working on, on other ways to tackle the situation, but I shocked folks and I felt a little guilty about it, but I quickly let that pass. And the other thing is that it's not only the choices that we make, whether they may shock others or, you know, what have you, but I like to remind myself now, and I wish I had done it more often back then, is look at the choices that people around you are making. Sometimes there's a lot more to learn from those choices than your own. And especially if you disagree with the choices that they're making, we get caught up in ourselves sometimes, or what's the next thing for me? What's the next decision? And we lose sight of what's going on around us. But watching the choices that people around you are making can actually give you a lot of insight into the direction of a company, of opportunities, and you don't want to be left behind. So pause to do that even if your career and your choices are of paramount importance. I love that reminder because it it is one of the big reasons why we do this podcast, right? Because we get to really crack open careers of amazing people like yourself and be able to see the types of choices. So whether we call it choices or not, you know, everyone has choices that have gotten them to where they are 
in leadership and being able to be a witness to that either just in time or, you know, with some retrospect um, that our guests are bringing on the show, I think is so helpful. And, and probably the reason why people have been so engaged on, you know, listening to these amazing women talking about their career. So thank you for that reminder. And, and, you know, I love the idea of doing things that, that may be shocking and feeling the confidence that if you've put the work in, you've done your due diligence, you understand the risks, you have in your mind who you are and where you need to go. The idea that it can be shocking shouldn't stop you from being able to make that choice. So thank you, Christine, for giving us that reminder. So we've gotten to the last question of this podcast very quickly, and it's always the same one. As you know, and everyone knows, I am just fascinated by story and fascinated by ideas that propel us kind of out of our, you know, sort of sometimes blinded vision of the, you know, immediate um, ecosystem that we're all living in. So give us a a book, fiction, nonfiction, something that's inspired you lately. So I try to find, you know, as much time as I can find to, you know, curl up with a good book. I do attempt to, but lately I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. (laughs) So, um, well, I actually just started recently a memoir Hmm. and it's called um, Between Two Kingdoms. What I love about it is that it was recommended from one of the many amazing women that I've had the pleasure of mentoring over my career. She was so passionate about it. She had just finished it, or I think was near finishing it. And I just loved that I'm the mentor, she's the mentee, and she's just, that was the first thing she was excited to talk to me about when we connected. So I said, okay, I'm gonna put this thing on my list. You have to be probably of the right mindset, you know, and, and place to read something like it. It is a bit of a tearjerker at different points, but it's a memoir about illness, survival, recovery, and then importantly, learning how to live again. So the the woman's name, which it's a little bit challenging uh, to pronounce, so maybe I'm probably better off spelling, but the last name J-A-O-U-A-D, but she wrote the column, Life Interrupted in the New York Times. Maybe I probably about a decade or so ago, but she was at 22 years old diagnosed with a form of leukemia where her survival rate was very, you know, dismal. And she spent almost five years in the hospital and she has TED talks um, and then came out, you know, with this, this memoir, in addition to the columns, you know, the ongoing columns from the hospital during her time. So I'm just in the thick of it. And it is a really good book to read right now because it further puts things in perspective as if the world around us isn't already doing it. It's good to read these things, fully understand them, and take the time to put your life and the life of others in perspective. So I hope you put it on your list. I will absolutely put on list and I'll put it in the show notes and we will make it available online as well. I can't thank you enough because I think that really good writers that can be so introspective about the challenges that they go through and be able to express them in a way that really connects with others is just a true talent. So I am excited to read that one. I haven't. So I love it when we get new books that I don't have a, a history with. 
Thank you so much, Christine, for giving of your time today and just letting us into understanding more about your career and sort of the passion you have for not only what you have accomplished, but also the people around you and then the way you go about making choices. Thank you so much um, for giving of yourself today. Thank you, Christine. This The time flew. I really mm-hmm. appreciate and maybe we'll share some more stories offline. I know you have so many, and I find them all really helpful. So thank you again. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Christine. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just information, but you let it be transformational in how you think about your career. I'm rooting for you. To find out more about diversity, opportunity, and events in the exchange-traded fund industry, please visit womeninetfs.com. And while it lasts, be sure to grab your Thrive Guide on becoming the leader you want to be. You can download it at with a K, christinedelano.com. If you haven't subscribed to We Talk Careers podcast, please make sure you do so. And if there's a topic you'd like us to tackle, let us know. All links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening.